What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blue Shirts on Broadway. This is episode number 11, uh, and this is a big one this week. Uh, a lot of stuff to get through. Um, obviously, the Stadium Series game was last Sunday afternoon, uh, and the theme for this week's episode is definitely going to be uh, team building, You know, building the right way, and building an identity, uh, something that the franchise has done over the past five years or so, but it definitely took a bigger step forward this week with a couple of games and just the style of play that the team has been playing with uh, over this nine-game winning streak that they're currently carrying uh, into Saturday afternoon's game here against Philadelphia as we're recording on Saturday morning. And it's uh, it's just been a really positive week from players to coaches to team to franchise in general, and uh, it's definitely encouraging. So with that, let's jump right into it. Okay, so let's go back to last Sunday afternoon's stadium series game outdoors at MetLife Stadium against the New York Islanders. The Rangers picked up a 6-5 overtime win, uh, and it was a game that definitely went back and forth and had every ebb and flow that a Rangers season typically has in one game. Uh, It was an important game for the Rangers to win and um, play well and just continue the uh, energy that they've been bringing for the past, I'd say, month or so now at this point, going back all the way to prior to the All-Star break at the end of January, uh, where the Rangers started this winning streak uh, at the time, you know, and are now, as of recording, on a nine-game win streak. Uh, The Stadium Series game here was right in the middle, uh, and it was the start of uh, an overall important week of hockey for the Rangers playing uh, two Metropolitan Division uh, opponents, uh, one Western Conference team that's leading their division, and then leading into another set of at least four uh, Metropol- Metropolitan Division games uh, after that. So uh, it, it's definitely an important stretch for the Rangers. They're playing a mix of teams that are in the playoffs, in the hunt for the playoffs, and not even close. So It's just about bringing that energy every night and making sure you're playing your game to the best of your ability and not letting the opponents dictate the play. Um, So in this game in particular, uh, outdoors, uh, it was, you know, a spectacle in and of itself. Uh, It's really cool to get some of these games and to be the team playing in these games. It's, It's awesome to watch them as an NHL fan just from afar. But uh, for the Rangers to now have played in five outdoor games, uh, it's just a it's a cool spectacle to witness. Uh, I personally don't or am not a fan of the Rangers playing in these games regularly. Uh, I just don't like the idea of putting the players through that on a regular basis. Um, you know, there's weather factors, there's ice factors. Uh, and there's just overall, you know, player aspects that uh, I, I wouldn't want the the team to have to deal with that on a regular basis. But 
uh, for, you know, every couple of years, it's definitely something awesome to see. Uh, they seem to be on a regular rotation here with some of the other teams like Chicago, uh, Detroit, Boston, Philly. Um, it's typically those warmer or uh, there's colder weather climate teams, uh, the original six teams, uh, that tend to get these games. I know they do have a heritage classic game, uh, in Canada every year, uh, between two of the Canadian teams. And, uh, that seems to be a hit, but they have the bigger market there where they can survive having an outdoor game every year. And it means something, uh, I don't foresee that happening here in the uh United States market just because I like I said I personally don't want to see it but um I know maybe a lot of people do and you do it until it gets watered down and then you abandon ship um but that seems to be how other mid mid-tier sports uh go about things they they do it too much until it runs its course. I think they're at the perfect balance right here where uh, the NHL hypes it up for, you know, a good solid year and they put on an amazing show outdoors uh, and then you have to wait for a little bit. And uh, I'm cool with that as a fan. Um, And it just makes it more special for me to see the Rangers play in these outdoor games, knowing that they're not a normalcy. Uh, it's it's definitely something very special to be a part of, whether it be the Winter Classic or the Stadium Series. Uh, I think the NHL has hit its um, goal there of producing just enough outdoor games per season in the league to keep them entertaining and exciting for all fans. Um, so that being said, it was an important game for both teams. The Islanders definitely needed the two points uh, to stay in the playoff race, and the Rangers would have you know, we're the team that would have liked two points to just continue the trend. Uh, so the game started off good. Uh, the Rangers score the first goal um, on their first shot on goal. Uh, was kind of a cupcake there for Sorokin. Uh, probably should have had the save. But, you know, the Rangers score that goal, and then the Islanders come back and score four unanswered, I believe it was. Uh, so both goaltenders had issues early. The Rangers, as they typically have, got off to a little bit of a slow offensive start. They don't get a ton of chances in first periods. Uh, it is a trend that they've had over the past couple of months. So, um, you know, obviously that's going to be exacerbated by the fact that the goaltenders were having a rough time picking the puck up in that environment. Uh, so Igor couldn't make the couple of stops he needed to in order to keep the game close in the first period, um, like you expect your goalie to do if you come out on a slow start. So the Rangers, in typical fashion, did just that, um, and Igor was unable to bail them out just because, um, like I said, he's been playing well of late, so I would assume that it was hard to pick the puck up just because Sorokin was also having the same issues on the other side. Um, obviously not as glaring because the Rangers didn't have as many shots on goal as the Islanders did in that first half of the game. So, you know, Igor picks it up in the second period and then starts flashing the glove a little bit, and he pretty much locks it down from there on out uh, as the Islanders only score one additional goal after that first period flurry. Um, The Rangers also defensively locked it down a little bit better, Um, but it was a it was more of a run-and-gun style of game than you typically see Islanders-Rangers. You don't usually get that high scoring of a game. 
Um, here and there you do, but usually it's a more lower scoring defensive affair. And that could also be due in fact to uh, the Islanders' new coaching staff pushing uh, offensive play a little bit more. So uh, it was a fun game to watch. So if this is going to be Rangers-Islanders going into the future, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, exciting hockey to watch. Um, so yeah, Igor starts rough, but he does get it going in the second and third periods and finishes pretty well, and then uh, in overtime doesn't even make a stop. Uh, the Islanders never get the puck. So um, yeah, Igor, I wasn't really concerned with it. Uh, there was a moment there where I thought they were going to pull him. Uh, Laviolette called the timeout instead. Uh, I thought they were pulling Igor for quick, which may have been the right move, but ultimately keeping Igor in there, uh, let him build on his game and just build some confidence and get going. And he definitely did that. Um, so yeah, uh, of note, Matt Rempe makes his NHL debut in an outdoor game. He is the first player in NHL history to make his NHL debut in an outdoor game. So he got his second uh, rookie lap pregame uh, as uh, he was up a couple of nights before at the Garden. Uh, they gave him his rookie lap, but he didn't play. So this is his first rookie lap and his first game in an outdoor environment, which must have been really awesome for him. I know he has uh, some family ties, too, to that specific day, uh, making it even more special to him. So uh, that was awesome to see. He did have an impact right away. You could see um, him and Edstrom were basically the Bash brothers on that fourth line. Um, but both of those dudes can play. Uh, they both have good hands. Edstrom can put the puck in the net. Rempe can as well. Um, you know, they're they're both really solid players that have really big frames. They're they're big guys at six seven. Uh, so that's definitely something the Rangers desperately needed. They needed somebody uh, that can be on that third and fourth line and produce, you know, a physical presence. Uh, that other teams are scared to get involved with and go down low and defend against. So that just adds another awesome dynamic to that third and fourth line, specifically the fourth line here, uh, where the Rangers can roll them uh, on a fourth line in a tight series or, you know, to just set the tone a little bit of a beginning of a game and start out with some physicality. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later in the Devils game, but Rempe will learn how to use this big frame and how to throw hits and be effective while keeping himself on the ice. Uh, it's something he has to learn. I remember going back 10, 11 years, uh, Chris Kreider came in and had to learn how to use his size and speed the correct way. I know he was taking a ton of penalties for roughing and boarding and um, you know, he just had to learn how to use that size and frame and speed. Same with Rempe. He's going to have to learn how to use his size at the NHL level and, um, be effective. And, you know, to be effective, you have to keep yourself on the ice and out of the penalty box. So that's something he'll learn, but he, um, started his game in the stadium series game with a fight against Matt Martin. Um, I know Martin picked the fight pretty much, but uh, Rempe hold his own and, you know, puts Matt Martin to the ice, which a lot of people in the NHL struggle to do. So um, that was awesome to see as well. And it just, you know, it set the tone. Uh, the Rangers were up one nothing at the time. So Martin was probably trying to stir the pot a little bit, get his team rolling. It worked, but uh, ultimately, you want to see the Rangers not back down from that situation, still play physically, which they did. Uh, and now they have the ability and luxury to have those two bigger framed guys on the back end there on the fourth line 
um, available to clean up the mess, if you will, and keep everyone in check and police the ice a little bit. Uh, so the Rangers start the comeback. Uh, Trocek had an absolutely amazing game. He scored two in the game, and um, you're just starting to see how much of an impact that Trocek has. Uh, last season, he was uh, definitely having a rough season. Uh, you could tell he was struggling to adapt to New York style of life and playing for the Rangers. Um, he had a rough season last year. Um, but this season you're really starting to see what the Rangers paid for and paid that larger contract to get. He is definitely second line center material. Uh, he wins almost every face off he takes at this point and, uh, puts the puck in the net, has great chemistry with Panarin. And, uh, if you remember back a couple of years ago, he, was the replacement for Ryan Strom, who you let walk, who also had good chemistry with Panarin, but Trocek is able to do it in a different way. Trocek has that uh, chemistry with Panarin, but he can do it on his own as well with other lines, which is something that Strom struggled with, and you can see is continually struggling with in Anaheim, where he's not putting up the numbers that he did with Panarin. Trocek has done it without Panarin, and um, is even better on that line with Panarin and Lafreniere. Uh, that's becoming one of the most dynamic lines in the NHL currently. Uh, it's the line that most teams are looking to stop uh, when you play against the Rangers. So they're going to have to be ready come playoff time. They're they're the quote-unquote first line of this team right now based on production. Uh, and Trocek is definitely up to the task. He's good defensively. He's good down low with the puck behind the offensive goal. Um, and he's good, you know, digging for pucks, getting in guys' faces, getting around the net, scoring some dirty goals, which is what he's really known for. Uh, he plays the bumper position there on the power play, so he doesn't really have to go to the front of the net there, but he can do that as well. Um, and that's just helping Lafreniere too. Lafreniere doesn't have to do all of that physical work down low, uh, digging through pucks. Uh, he can really let his offensive ability shine, and you you can see it on the ice. He's getting a lot of shots, a ton of looks, um, and it's really benefiting not only Panarin, but Lafreniere as well, uh, who's having a breakout season. But the Stadium Series game was the Trocek show for most of it for the Rangers. Um, he leads the comeback, gets the really important uh, Rangers' second goal, uh, and, you know, just really gets them going at the right time. And um, Chris Kreider said it after the game, it was probably Trocek's best game that we've seen in a Rangers sweater. So um, he's going to be huge coming down the stretch here. He's the type of playoff player that you're looking for. That's why the Rangers signed him from Carolina in free agency. Um, other than that, you know, uh, the Rangers quote-unquote on paper first line uh, did start to produce. Uh, Mika gets a goal. Uh, he gets that um, tying power play goal right at the end of the game, which was a great shot. That's the uh, that's Mika's office there. Um, you know, the Ovechkin goal from the left circle, uh, although Mika was way down low, close to the goal line. That was a tight angle, which was uh, a good goal to get for him. Uh, you know, you can start to see him rolling. He's got a couple of goals in the previous games here. Um, and you just start to hope that it's starting to click for him. It's not quite five on five yet there, but, 
Um, he's definitely showing his power play uh, efforts, uh, which was also lacking there for quite a while. So, um, you know, you need to see a lot of production five on five. Power plays are hard to come by in springtime hockey and playoff hockey. Um, they're not called as much. So you don't want to be a team that relies on your power play. Um, but when you do get a power play, you have to make it count. So uh, Mika getting that shot and starting to look to shoot a lot more. Um, his shot on goal statistics are up over the past couple of games. You can just tell he's looking to score goals uh, instead of set guys up, um, which ultimately the more shots you get on net, the more it opens up the pass. So um, that's awesome to see. And then on the back end, I thought Keandre Miller played one of his best games um, this week. The Stadium Series game um, was not one of them. He was trending in the right direction, took a little bit of a step back in that game. He got back to some old habits of you know stick reaching and not taking the body and being out of position a little bit. But he gets right back on the horse the next game. Uh, against Dallas, where he was one of the best defensemen on the ice. So um, that's trending in the right direction, too. I've been critical about him in the past couple of episodes, um, just, you know, being out of position and not defending the correct way, which was, you know, one of the big problems during that January slump was the team was just not defending well. Uh, He was a culprit of some of those giveaways that were turning into goals. So um, a little bit of a setback in the stadium series game, but then continues right on the same path of improving and getting better uh, over the next couple of games. So that's um, pretty much it there for the stadium series game, uh, a game where the Rangers got behind three goals they probably shouldn't have, and then climbed their way back. And you know, puck don't lie, they score the overtime goal. Uh, Panarin with an incredible individual effort um, to win the game and get the two points. Uh, yes, it's just a regular season game. Yes, it's only two points, but uh, that's a galvanizing win for this group who struggled in January and struggled to find ways to win. Um, that's definitely finding a way to win. Doesn't matter who you're playing, what the opponent's problems are. Uh, it's still an NHL team on the other side and a rival to boot. So that's a huge confidence booster for this group. Uh, heading into a stretch run here, that's going to be you know, it's going to be a tough challenge. You've got a lot of different teams with a lot of different agendas, and you got to use each game as a measuring stick. Each game is you know trying to get your game in the correct spot going into uh, April and May. So that being said. Um, the stadium series was an awesome experience. Rangers are now 5-0 and outdoors. Uh, first team to five wins in the outdoor setting. Uh, and it was an awesome spectacle. MetLife looked great. They were a great stadium host. And um, just continuing the correct way to play hockey for the Rangers club. Uh, the next game they played was uh, at Madison Square Garden against Dallas. Uh, ended up being a 3-1 win. Um, and this game was against a Dallas club that is the division leader of the Central Division over in the Western Conference. Um, and it was the Igor show. Uh, this was Shesterkin's best win of the season, best game of the season, best individual performance of the season, and he was just outstanding throughout the night. He made one uh, uh, absolutely incredible save against Tyler Sagan there in the third period where he 
Um, saves the puck from going over the goal line with his stick and just absolutely robs Sagan. Um, you could see just every Dallas player on the ice was just in awe of what had just happened. It was one of the best saves I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it's indicative of where Igor is headed um, in terms of his play. He struggled mightily throughout most of the first half of the season up until the All-Star break. Uh, got a lot of time off to work with Benoit Lair, the Rangers goaltending coach. Uh, got a little bit of a mental reset, um, which is huge, and came back, and he has been putting on quite the performance here over the past uh, couple of weeks. Just trending in the right direction, trending back to where he needs to be as one of the top goaltenders in the league. And the Rangers are going to need him down the stretch here. He's going to need to continue to play well, play and perform well, uh, and... It's all indicative of also the defense that's getting played in front of him. The Rangers have cleaned up a lot of rebound opportunities. They've cleaned up a lot of those cross-seam passes. Uh, They've defended well. They've come back to the crease to help Igor, you know, defend a lot of those rush chances, uh, a lot of those in-zone time where the other team's trying to look for that seam pass across the Royal Road, as Steve Valiquette would call it. And, you know, the better the defense you play in front of your goaltender, the better the, the goaltender is going to look. He's going to have easier stops, easier saves, which is what you're looking for. So uh, that's definitely an encouraging sign. Um, Truba and Miller played an outstanding game. Uh, Lindgren comes back after taking a stick to the eye pretty much. Uh, and plays an outstanding game and is really an unsung hero. Uh, I know Adam Fox gets a lot of the credit um, in the Norris votes and around the league as one of the top defensemen, but uh, Lindgren is really you know, there to make that defensive pairing roll. And uh, he's doing just that, you know, not only this game, not only this season, but throughout his career. He's one of the top defensemen in the league, uh, defensive defensemen. And I believe there was a quote that came out from Zdeno Chara this week saying, um, you know, Lindgren was probably the most hockey hockey player in the NHL right now. He embodies what it is to be a hockey player. And from Zdeno Chara saying that, um, that's some high praise coming for Lindgren. So uh, he's playing at the top of his game right now. He's playing strong defensively. Uh, so is Fox. So is Miller and Truba. Um, and Gustafsson and Schneider have been holding their own. They they struggled mightily too in January. Uh, they were guilty of a ton of turnovers and just bad goals against. So uh, they're turning it around too at the right time. And um, you know that All Star break and the, that week off, a uh, little bit of a reset there, a couple of practices. Uh, got this team rolling defensively again, right back to where they needed to be. And um, that was definitely on display in this Dallas game where, you know, Igor makes a ton of high quality saves, but the defenseman and defensive zone structure also helped him out a lot too. Uh, up front in this Dallas game, uh, Capo Caco and that third line continue to roll. Um, Caco's looked really strong and really impressive on that right wing of uh, Cooley and Brzezinski. Uh, Brzezinski ends up getting a two-year contract coming out of this game, which was awesome to see. Uh, you got to love that for the guy. He's worked really hard, and he's earned it. Uh, and this third line's been really good. Um, they've all found their spot right now, Cooley on the left wing. 
banging bodies and just playing hard, hard hockey. Um, the type of hockey you want to see this team play. Uh, you want to you want to be a team that's hard to play against, and that's what Cooley brings to the table. Uh, Brzezinski's got good hands, good defensive awareness, um, and is able to drive plays as a centerman. Uh, and then you've got Kako on the right, who's just an all-world talent, um, and he's found his little niche right there in the third line right wing. He's not expected to do too much like he would be on the first line right wing. Um, he defends really strong, so you can put that third line out as a defensive unit because uh, Brzezinski, Kako, and Cooley are all strong defensive players. Uh, but you can also put them out in high-leverage situations where you are looking for offense. They can all drive play. Kako can uh, you know, hold the puck, shoot the puck like you saw on the goal in the Dallas game. Uh, he controls the play and ends up finding the uh, spot in the goal that uh, creates the goal, um, for lack of a better term, sorry. Uh, but... Yeah, he's uh, Kako has been awesome on that third line, and if he continues to produce like that, uh, it's a good spot for him to be in. It's one less hole that the Rangers need to look to plug. Um, and with Brzezinski being signed as a centerman there for your third line and or fourth line center, uh, whatever happens in the offseason here with Goodrow, um, that's also one less hole that you're looking to plug in the offseason, but you know specifically at this trade deadline where now Drury has some options where he can go out and get a top-line right wing um, to fill that gap uh, so VC can come back and play on the fourth line that's been really strong defensively and you know as a grinding line. Um, or you keep Rempe and Edstrom in the lineup. You've, you've got a lot of options. So signing Brzezinski as that center, um, showing him that he is going to be that centerman going forward, um, kind of tips the hand there of Drury a little bit at the trade deadline here where now you know he's pretty much solely going to be looking for a right-wing option for that Zibanejad Kreider line, um, especially with the Wheeler injury. Um, and yeah, that's huge for them. That's huge for that third line. They continue to roll throughout this Dallas game, and they really they really shine in tight-checking, tight games like this, like a playoff style of game. Um, which is what you're going to need this line to be doing throughout spring. Um, offense is hard to come by in the playoffs and in the playoff push at the end of the regular season, and you rely on your third and fourth lines to chip in with a lot of goals in the uh, in the playoffs. And to have a dynamic group like Kako, Brzezinski, and Cooley as your third line, they're all top-end, high-skill players along with the ability to defend and grind. So that's a really dynamic third line, and you're starting to see why. Uh, Teams are struggling to defend them at times. Uh, They, more often than not, are one of your best lines of the game, and they produce a lot offensively. Um, So to have that line clicking now and, you know, Kako being a huge part of it also really good for his confidence but it's good for the team's confidence too to have that line clicking um and it's it's just going to continue to get better as they get more chemistry together um and that opens rooms up for the the top two lines you you know you can't always roll Panarin out there every other shift so to have a line like that third line you can lean on that that really gives you a balance of uh, Zabanajad, Kreider, and X right wing who 
are able to play really solid defensive two-way hockey, um, play against your top, your other team's top line, defend them, but also get offensive looks. Then you throw out the Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere line, who are incredibly dynamic offensively. Trocek brings that um, defensive ability to that line. Lafreniere's looked really good on the back check. But that's your that's your offensive weapon line. They they're going to create offensively no matter what. Uh, and then you can throw out that Cooley line that's going to you know bang bodies, grind the other team down, and open up ice to then throw out one of those top two lines again and hopefully win the territorial battle and keep the puck in the offensive zone and continue to grind teams down, uh, especially in a long playoff series that you've got to sometimes you know win the battles there down low and just keep grinding on defensemen so they can start thinking twice about going and digging pucks out. So it's it's all about balance of skills on an uh on an NHL team with the four lines that you want to build. And currently as structured the Rangers have four dynamic lines that each bring something a little bit different, which is something they haven't had in previous seasons. And that's what makes this team just a little bit better. Um, If you look at teams like Tampa Bay, they have a really high-end scoring line, but that third and fourth line were the ones that won them the Cups, um, you know, just five years ago. Uh, They had that line with Goodrow, and two other uh, grinders, I can't think of them off the top of my head here, but um, oh, it was Yanni Gord and uh, oh, I can't think of the other guy. Oh, Ross Colton. Um, that line was pretty much the line that won Tampa Bay the series. Uh, most of the series is uh, back in those back-to-back cup years. Um, and it, they just played a grinding style hockey game that was able to score goals and just wear teams down. And not every line needs to be a dynamic scoring threat. You have to have different lines for different situations. And that's kind of what the Rangers have built here and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, right now it, it's seemingly going good and that showed itself in spades in that Dallas game. Uh, and then you get to the, Second um, divisional matchup of the week and second rivalry game of the week, the Rangers traveled to the Rock in New Jersey and come out with a 5-1 win. Um, It was really a game that was not that close, although the shots on goal and chances were more indicative of a closer game than it actually was. Uh, Looking back from uh, CSA Hockey's statistics for shots on goal, uh, I think the Devils had a 3.7 expected goal number uh, to a Rangers 3. So it was a little bit closer than it was to the eye test, but the Rangers were pretty much in control of this game from the outset. Um, they do give up a ton of um, chances and a ton of shots on goal to a Devils team that doesn't struggle offensively, but um, really struggles to defend their own zone and keep the puck out of the net. So. You knew it was going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, Igor came in again, uh, rolling on a what is he? He's on. He was on a three-game winning streak, I think, at that point. Um, but obviously, coming out of the Stadium Series win and then the Dallas win, um, which was his best game of the season, uh, Igor comes into this game against New Jersey uh, with a lot of confidence. Uh, it did show. 
unfortunately, he gives up that one goal through the five hole uh, pretty much right at the end of the game to Jack Hughes to break up the uh, shutout. But uh, he played solid all night. He made saves when he had to. Uh, and again, the defensive structure in front of him made it an easy night for Igor. He didn't have to overextend himself too much, didn't have to fight through screens or battle to find loose pucks. Um, it was pretty much a straightforward night for Igor. Um, there weren't, I don't think there were any rush opportunities for the Devils, maybe a couple of two-on-ones, uh, which is very rare for the Devils squad. They usually thrive on transition offense and breakaways and odd man rushes. So, to see the Rangers not give up a lot of odd man rushes, which has been their problem over the past you know, half a season or so, um, it was good to see. They usually give up a ton of odd man rushes to a, a fast team like New Jersey. So that just goes to show that the defensive structure is starting to build and they're starting to properly read gaps in the offensive and neutral zones. Uh, and be able to defend those um, odd man rushes from occurring or you know break up passes in the neutral zone. And then when there is an odd man rush, they've been able to break up those uh, passes as well. So uh, definitely a really good defensive performance for the Rangers, but then offensively as well to go out and score five goals uh, was good to see. Um, you just want to see them continue to put the pedal to the metal. They get out to a 2 nothing lead, and you are used to seeing this Rangers team and this core group of players take their foot off the gas a little bit, which gets them into trouble. Uh, they don't do that in this game. They go on to score uh, three more goals after getting out to a 2 nothing lead uh, and um, just put on a good, well-rounded hockey performance. Uh, Kreider and Zabanajad score goal. Um, they're getting more and more engaged physically. You saw uh, Zabanajad actually run over Luke Hughes at um, their defensive blue line, uh, which sprung Kreider for a breakaway chance. Um, and you usually don't see Mika getting into too much physicality in the regular season, but uh, in this game, which uh, Peter Laviolette quoted as the most physical game of the season so far. Uh, you even saw Kreider and Zibanejad getting in the act and you know winning puck battles down low. That was one example of Zibanejad getting a little physical. Uh, and you could just tell they're uh, a ton more engaged. They're playing with a little more confidence. They're both not passing as much as they were. They're looking for a shot a little bit more, which is then going to open up the pass because teams aren't sure what they're going to do where, you know, right now they're currently cheating towards pass because that's the trend that the Zibanejad Crowder line go with. Uh, so to see them starting to shoot the puck a little bit more, get some breakaway opportunities, get some shots on goal, get a couple goals. Uh, it's it's something that this team's going to need to continue to have going down the stretch to have that dynamic first line that has options and abilities. Uh, the Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere line 5-on-5 five five has been one of the best lines I've seen in quite a while. They've been playing outstanding hockey all season. Uh, and, you know, Lafreniere is just continuing to have his breakout season. He scores uh, two really good goals in this Devils game. Uh, that second one was uh, a cool one to see. Uh, and 
just shows his offensive ability and skill set, uh, and as well as his defensive prowess. And he's learning the back check, and he's becoming an all-around really good first, second line winger, uh, which is exactly what the Rangers needed when they drafted him. So to see him breaking out, having success, especially on the right wing, which is his offside, uh, with Trocheck and Panarin, uh, is just. Uh, really, really encouraging for this franchise moving forward. Um, you're coming into a season where Lafreniere need to, needed to have this type of a season, and he put in the work in the offseason. He came in with a great attitude. He's loved in the locker room. You can see on the celebrations after goals and wins, they all love him. Uh, he's uh, pretty much the comedic relief for this team, and he's backing it up with his play on the ice. He is an all-around really good, really solid player. So to see him and uh, Kako pretty much breaking out, but in different ways, uh, and having really good, solid seasons is going to be make the world of difference for Drury and the organization in the offseason here to continue to build this team in the right direction uh, and not have to worry about maybe trading those players or... Uh, replacing you know those positions they're they're filling the need that this team has and they're doing it exceptionally well and you know you talk about those homegrown talents those acquisitions you get through the draft uh it's taking a little bit longer for Kako and specifically Lafreniere to develop into those players but um they're only 21 22 23 years old and sometimes it takes just a little bit longer for players to develop at the NHL level uh, both of those guys didn't spend any time in the AHL. They didn't spend any time in Hartford. They came, uh, Kako came right from Finland, and uh, Lafreniere came right from uh, Canadian junior hockey. So uh, they're learning to be professional hockey players at the hardest level of the game. And uh, it's going to pay off in the long run here for those two because they're too good not to eventually get it. They, they have too much talent to not to be a player that doesn't figure it out. They're, they're going to figure it out. It's going to take them maybe a little bit longer, which a New York fan base and New York media isn't used to seeing, but uh, it's going to be huge for this team in the long run. And you're really seeing Lafreniere night in, night out, be that player that's uh, relying upon and playing strong hockey. He's, you know, doesn't make too many mistakes. Uh, he's, getting a ton of opportunities, a ton of shots on goal. The goals will come, um, but he's you, you just want to see him playing the right way, and that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, so the top two lines have a really good night. The third line doesn't really need to be that effective. Um, they're usually the line this team counts on. They don't have to do it in this jersey game. Um, the other two lines kind of pick them up for once. And then the fourth line, uh, you lose Matt Rempe basically 13 seconds into the game. Uh, on a match penalty that I thought was, I thought it was a penalty. I don't think it deserved a match penalty and obviously doesn't get suspended. Uh, so the league reviewed it. Um, I think they have to review if it's a. If it's a match penalty, the league has to review the play. So they did review it. They didn't think it warranted a suspension, and I believe that's the correct call. Um, if you rewatch the play, 
he checks all the boxes. He doesn't leave his feet. He tucks his elbow in. You can see it. It's not chicken wing out. He tries to keep his hand down, his elbow in. Um, unfortunately, he does lead with the shoulder a little bit. But um, I think it was Bastion, right? Bastion um, is ducking to look at the puck and play the puck along the boards. So the act of Rempe going in for the hit, the shoulder-to-shoulder hit, and Bastion ducking at just the right time um, leads to shoulder-on-head contact, which wasn't the initial um, point of contact expected. But um, this is one of those plays where, just like a player turning into the boards to show his numbers and get boarded or cross-checked, um, it's it's on the defense player, the the defense not the defense player, but the player being hit to put himself in a position to be hit. Um, it's it's one of those plays in hockey where it's an incidental head contact play. It's you know one of those incidental plays where it's almost the fault of the player that does get injured or does get hit that put himself in a defenseless position. Um, we've seen it with Lindgren a couple times where he turns himself to face the boards and gets uh, run real well. Uh, Boston has done it to him a couple of times where there's no penalty. There's nothing even called on the play. So um, it, it is something that happens in hockey. You don't want to see a player get hurt on it. Uh, luckily, uh, Bastion did come back to the game, although um, Truba hit him pretty good later in the game, which ended up putting him on um, the injured list I saw earlier yesterday. So uh, luckily, he did come back to the game. You don't want to see a player get hurt like that. Um, but for Rempe, he definitely did not deserve a suspension, doesn't get one, uh, and that just allows him to continue to play that rugged hard-hitting style of hockey without, you know, feeling the need to pull up or do something different. Now, he does have to learn how to use that bigger frame, um, and he will. It's obviously his third game, fourth game of his career, so he's going to learn how to use it. He's done it in the AHL. He's played effective hockey in the AHL to earn a call-up. Uh, he's good with his hands. He can put in goals. He can score goals. He can play that hard style of hockey that this team is going to need. And it's a skill set that this team lacks. They're a little bit of a smaller team up front. So uh, Rempe is going to be a, a key person coming up here. Maybe not this season. He might get some sheltered roles, some sheltered minutes. But going forward, himself and Edstrom adding that size factor to the fourth line is just going to make this team more dynamic going forward. Um, but like I said, he's got to learn how to use his bigger frame, use his body and make impactful hits and checks, uh, where he doesn't put himself in a position for the refs to decide whether or not he should be thrown out of a game or given a penalty. Uh, you got to play no doubt hockey, but you know, in the same fashion, you've got to play, hit, make no doubt hits. Uh, Truba does it well, keeps his shoulder down, keeps his elbows down, doesn't leave his feet, plays within the rules, and hockey's a physical sport. You don't want to take hitting out of hockey, and by not suspending Rempe for that hit, you're showing 
hockey fans that it is still a hard sport. It's still a hard-hitting sport. You can still hit. You shouldn't have to fight and defend yourself after a good, clean hit. And hitting is still a part of this game, and that's what the players want. That's what the fans want, and that's what they're getting. So um, it was good to see. Uh, Unfortunately, he gets thrown out of the game, so you you don't really get a learning opportunity there for the player. But um, we'll see him back in the lineup here in the next couple of games and see what he brings to the table for a full 60 minutes. Um, So, yeah, this team's on a roll. They're nine straight wins. uh, One of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And uh, they continue to roll with some Metropolitan Division matchups here and just extending their lead a little bit, making it a, a comfortable Uh, March, uh, whereas in the past they've had some rough goes of it to get into the playoffs. You just want to be able to work on your own game and playing the right way come the right time. And that's where the Rangers are right now and just need to keep it rolling. Uh, So with that, uh, we'll end the episode here and uh, we'll look forward to talking a bunch of games next weekend uh, and hopefully continuing the role that the Rangers have been on. So with that, uh, thanks for listening and see you guys next week.